Part One, Chapters One and Two of Perkins the Faker: A Travesty on Reincarnation. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part One: When Reginald was Caroline. That night, the wife of King Sudodana, Maya the Queen, asleep beside her lord, dreamed a strange dream. The Light of Asia. Chapter One, Transposed but what a mystery this erring mind it wakes within a frame of various powers a stranger in a new and wondrous world n p willis to begin at the beginning the tragedy or farce whichever it may prove to be opened just a week ago i turned on my side as i awoke last wednesday morning to look into my wife's face and lo i beheld as in a mirror my own countenance my first thought was that i was under the influence of the tag end of a quaint dream but presently my eyes or rather my wife's opened slowly and an expression of mingled horror and amazement shone therein what what groaned caroline in my voice plucking at my or perhaps i should say our beard reginald am i mad you look where are you what is this on my chin and what have you done to yourself whether to laugh or swear or weep i hardly knew the bedroom looked natural thank god or i think that at the outset we should have lost our transposed minds even more completely than we had the sun came in through the window as usual i could see my trousers if they were mine lying across a chair at the further end of my dressing-room it was all commonplace natural homelike but when i glanced again at my wife there she lay pale and trembling with my face beard tousled hair and heavy features i rubbed a slender white hand across my brow or to be accurate the brow that had been my wife's there could be no doubt that something uncanny supernatural theosophical or diabolical had happened while we lay dead with sleep our respective identities had changed places through some occult blunder that i realized clearly enough was certain to cause us no end of annoyance don't move i whispered to caroline and there flashed before my mind a circus poster that i had gazed at as a boy marvelling in my young impressionability at the hirsute miracle that had been labelled in red ink the bearded lady don't move i continued hoping against hope that by prompt measures i might repair the mysterious damage that had been done to us by this psychical transposition shut your eyes caroline and lie perfectly still don't worry my dear make your mind perfectly blank receptive to impressions now we'll put forth an effort together i'm lying with my eyes closed and i am willing myself to return to my own body do likewise caroline don't tremble so there's no danger things can't be worse can they there's comfort in that is there not now are you ready use your will-power my dear for all it's worth we lay motionless blind silent for a time that i should gaze into my wife's own face when i opened my eyes again i fondly imagined for i had always been proud of my force of will caroline too as i had good reason to know possessed a stubborn determination that had great dynamic possibilities ready i exclaimed presently open your eyes my dear horror 
there was my wife gazing at me with my eyes and pulling nervously at my infernal beard as she saw that i was still occupying her fair body my eyes began to fill and a man's hoarse sobs relieved my wife's overwrought feelings is it oh reginald is it reincarnation do you think she questioned in her misery ah oh, something of that nature i fear caroline i admitted reluctantly it's a new one on me anyway but it can't last don't be impatient my dear it'll soon pass off but even as i spoke i knew that i was using my wife's sweet soft voice for deception whatever it was it had come to stay for a time at least i think reggie dear that if you don't mind i'll have breakfast in bed like a flash caroline's remark revealed to me the frightful problems that would crop up constantly from our present plight number one presented itself instantly i had an important engagement at my office at nine-thirty if caroline remained in bed i couldn't keep it then it came to me that if she rose and dressed i should be in no better case dressed she would be obliged to put on my clothes anyway what other alternative was there i think caroline dear i suggested gently that we'd better wait a while before we make our plans it may go away suddenly a change may take place at any moment it came in our sleep and it'll go in our sleep said my wife confidently and i was struck by the gruffness that a firm conviction gave to my voice i had never noticed it when i had been in full and free possession thereof if we could only go to sleep i sighed glancing again at my trousers and suppressing a harsh expletive that arose to my beautiful lips i couldn't sleep reginald i'm sure of that i feel a horror of sleep but i need something perhaps oh reggie it can't be that but i can't help thinking that i want a a, a cocktail caroline hid her borrowed face in my great clumsy hands it required an effort of memory for me to put myself into sympathy with her present craving i hadn't thought of a cocktail since i had awakened it was only once in a very great while that i indulged in an eye-opener but i had been out very late tuesday night in fact it had been this morning before i had reached home from the club and i was not upon reflection altogether astonished at the wish that my poor wife had expressed with such awkward coyness but to grant her request demanded heroic action and i hesitated before taking what might prove to be an irrevocable step if i left the bed under existing conditions a temporary psychical maladjustment might become permanent then again i realized that my little feet felt repelled by the chill that would come to them if exposed to a cold draught that blew through a window open in my or rather caroline's dressing-room go into the bathroom and take a cold plunge i suggested to caroline to gain time it's more bracing than a cocktail you ought to know reginald she remarked in my most playful voice her ill-timed jocosity struck me as ghastly caroline dear i began we must beware of recriminations it is a condition not a theory that confronts us i quoted mournfully if we should fall out you and i if we only could sighed caroline could what i cried in shrill falsetto fall out reginald she answered grimly can't you think of something else to try 
really it's too absurd what is the matter with us reggie are we dreaming i listened intently the servants were astir downstairs and through the windows came the clatter of early vehicles and the thin voice of a newsboy crying at eight o'clock the ten o'clock extra of a yellow journal there was nothing in our environment to suggest the supernatural or to explain a mystery that deepened as the moments passed the external world was unchanged and startling thought caroline and i must confront it presently under conditions that were so far as i knew unprecedented in the history of the race that's no dream i exclaimed terror-stricken my wife's maid had rapped as usual at the outer door of our apartments good god caroline what shall we do tell her i don't want her this morning reginald send her away will you she mustn't see me yet but my your this hair caroline how will i get it up without suzanne's help i'll do it for you answered caroline in a voice that sounded like a despairing moan look at those hands my hands caroline you can't dress hair with them take my word for that suzanne rapped again thinking doubtless that we were still asleep i'll be there directly suzanne cried caroline in my voice we turned cold with consternation what would suzanne think of this my reputation in my own household had been jeopardized on the instant caroline caroline you must pull yourself together i whispered have courage and do keep your wits about you act like a man will you keep quiet now i'll speak to suzanne with a courage begotten by desperation i sat erect fear and hope had been at war within me as for the first time since i had awakened i changed my posture i had dreaded the uncanny sensation that would spring from further proof that i was really imprisoned in my wife's body but i had clung to a shred of hope it might be that caroline and i in motion would find the psychical readjustment that had been denied to us in repose i was instantly undeceived as i sat up in bed caroline's luxuriant dark tresses fell over my shoulders and i looked down at a lock of hair that lay black against my tapering white fingers a wave of physical well-being swept over me and despite the horror of my situation my heart beat with a great joy in life the blood came into my well-rounded cheeks as i recalled caroline's recent request for a cocktail what a shame it was that a big healthy man should want a stimulant early in the day suzanne i cried suzanne are you still there oui madame came the maid's voice a note echoing through it that i did not like i shall not want you for fifteen minutes suzanne i said come back in a quarter of an hour i felt a cold chill creeping over me and caroline's sweet voice trembled slightly and may the devil fly away with you suzanne i muttered as i fell back against the pillows we've had our sentence suspended for fifteen minutes caroline i said presently but how the deuce am i going to get through my toilet my french is not like yours my dear and you never speak english to suzanne it's actually immoral caroline the way i get my genders mixed up in french oh don't say that reginald exclaimed my wife in a horrified basso say what caroline i asked petulantly 
that about mixing genders being immoral reggie she fairly moaned i'm not immoral even if-if-if i have got your gender reginald i didn't want it she added sternly and i can't be held responsible if i am masculine or neuter or intransitive my advice to you reginald is not to say much to suzanne in any language i could not refrain from a silvery chuckle the sound of which changed my mood instantly how often i've said that to you caroline i remarked most unkindly i don't gossip with suzanne any more than you do with your man growled caroline in a tone that hurt me deeply my man great lucifer i had almost forgotten his existence he would be in my dressing-room presently to trim my beard and make of himself a nuisance in various ways jenkins had his good points as a valet but he was too talkative at times and always inquisitive i could have murdered suzanne and jenkins at that moment with good appetite caroline i said gloomily fate has ordained that you and i for some reason that is not apparent must make immediate choice between two courses of action we can commit suicide there's a revolver in the room or we may face the ordeal bravely helping each other as the day passes to conceal from the world our strange affliction i have no doubt that while we sleep to-night the uh, psychical mistake that has been made will be rectified my voice faltered as i uttered the last sentence neither my experience nor reading had furnished me with data upon which i could safely base so optimistic a conclusion i-i don't want to die reggie muttered caroline with a gesture of protest the club was rather quiet last night i remarked musingly but my wife did not catch the significance of the words well if we're to brace up and stand the racket caroline we must begin at once you must give me a few pointers about suzanne i'll reciprocate of course and you'll have no trouble in bluffing jenkins to a standstill there he is now call out to him my dear don't be afraid of using ah uh, my voice tell him you are coming to him at once unbroken silence ensued now caroline be a man that's a good girl tell him you'll be out in five minutes my wife's stalwart figure was shaking with nervousness oh uh, ah oh jenkins she roared presently jenkins go away i don't want you this morning go away go away do you hear me go away yes sir came jenkins's voice to us amazement and flunkeyism mingled therein in equal parts yes sir i'm going at once sir now you've done it caroline i cried in a high treble of anger great scott how that man will talk downstairs for a moment the sun-lighted room whirled before my eyes like a golden merry-go-round and i lay there limp and helpless awaiting in misery suzanne's imminent return chapter two a weird toilette my spirit wrestles in anguish with fancies that will not depart a ghost who borrowed my semblance has hid in the depth of my heart yalmar yort boysen madame seems to be in very low spirits this morning suzanne had the audacity to remark to me as she deftly manipulated my wife's dark luxuriant hair to my infinite annoyance 
she spoke in french a language that always rubs me the wrong way i gazed restlessly at the dainty furnishings of caroline's dressing-room and remained silent presently suzanne spoke again i hope that madame has received no bad news great scott girl what are you driving at i heard my wife's voice exclaim and my recklessness appalled me suzanne was paralyzed for a moment i could see her pretty face in the mirror and it had turned pale on the instant pardon me madame she gasped but i-i thought don't think i cried crossly tie up my-this ah-hair uh, and let me do the thinking will you repentance for my harsh words came to me at once suzanne stifled a gasp and a sob and continued her work as a coiffeuse i realized that i must control my impulsiveness at once i had never understood what my friends had meant when they had accused me of a lack of imagination i had taken pride in the fact that i was a straightforward two plus two makes four kind of a man not given to foolish fancies nor errant daydreams i had attributed my success in business to this tendency toward the matter-of-fact but now for the first time in my life i regretted my lack of imaginative power i must for dear caroline's sake yes in the name of common decency preserve my psychical incognito in the presence of my wife's maid suddenly i was startled by hearing my voice in the bathroom uttering something that sounded much like an exclamation of horror in my consternation i sat erect listening intently what is the matter madame whispered suzanne excitedly monsieur too seems out of sorts this morning i realized that caroline had found sufficient courage to set out in the quest of the cold plunge that i had advised in lieu of a cocktail there came the sound of running water from the bathroom go on suzanne i said gently get through with this hair of mine will you there's nothing the matter caroline reginald ah uh, mr stevens didn't get quite enough sleep that's all he's made the spray too cold suzanne's hands trembled perceptibly as she resumed her task there's a note for madame this morning she said presently lowering her voice again and always speaking her detestable mother tongue of course there is i remarked astonished at the maid's manner her ah uh, my mail is full of em who's the note from suzanne madame is so remote to-day murmured suzanne helplessly did i not tell madame that he would write to her a chill ran through my veins but i made neither sound nor a movement apparently my wife's maid had become a discreet postmistress whose good offices it might behoove me to look into i'll read the note later in the day suzanne are you nearly done with this infernal hair mon dieu exclaimed the girl but she went no further a splash a groan followed by a hoarse yell echoed through the suite damn it i cried desperately why didn't jenkins stay here she he'll never get dressed where is jenkins madame asked suzanne nervously monsieur seems to be excited and madame what is the matter with madame the girl's consternation was not strange caroline the grande dame gentle self-poised unexcitable sat before the wide-eyed suzanne swearing in a voice that had been fashioned by nature for nothing harsher than a drawing-room expletive caroline came my wife's borrowed voice faintly as if she were talking to herself 
it was some time before i realized that she was calling me yes ah uh, reginald i managed to cry in a trembling falsetto monsieur seems to want you madame said suzanne wonderingly where is jenkins madame god only knows i exclaimed desperately downstairs i suppose talking through his hat send him to me at once girl madame jenkins send jenkins to you madame i do not comprehend to me i didn't say to me did i send him to care reginald uh, mr stevens wasn't that what i said go suzanne and wait a minute if you mention my name to jenkins that is if you gossip with him coming upstairs i'll dismiss you this morning tell jenkins to hold his chattering tongue or he'll get the grand ah uh, manner n'est-ce pas suzanne burst into tears and instead of obeying my behest fell with true french impetuosity upon her knees at my feet and seizing my cold hands buried her face in them sobbing hysterically oh madame madame what have i done to deserve this she moaned in her diabolical french why do you speak to me treat me this way it is so cruelly cruel oh madame have i not been faithful discreet blind deaf dumb have i ever betrayed even a little little secret of yours caroline there was a note of mingled anger and dismay in my voice as it came to me harsh and unwelcome from my distant dressing-room the door of which caroline had closed i must go to her i cried springing to my feet and tripping over my dressing-gown as i pushed by the kneeling hysterical maid suzanne grasped what i now believed to have been the hem of my garment oh madame you must not go to him monsieur's voice is so wild i am sure that he is not well you must rest here madame see i am going i will send jenkins to monsieur at once mon dieu mon dieu i go madame i shall return to you very soon suzanne had really gone and pulling myself together by a strong effort of will i stumbled from the dressing-room crossed our bedchamber and knocked on the door behind which i could hear caroline uttering subdued exclamations in my raucous voice who's there go away who is it cried my wife in a panic don't get rattled my dear i called out in caroline's sweetest tones suzanne has gone to find jenkins let me in my dear i may be able to give you a few tips the door flew open and i saw that caroline had managed to don my underclothing my heavy features displayed the joy that my wife felt at my arrival i learned afterward that she had been having serious trouble with my linen shirt oh reggie she exclaimed making my voice tremble with emotion i've had such a horrible time she threw my great muscular arms around her neck and i felt my beard scratching my her smooth delicate cheeks sit down caroline and calm yourself i implored her this is no time for this kind of thing we've got but a moment to ourselves suzanne has gone to bring jenkins back caroline shuddered but said nothing you gave me a terrible shock my dear i remarked calmly i feared that some terrible accident had happened to you the very worst has happened reggie she mused in something like a prolonged growl i don't think i'll ever be able to go through with it 
we've made a bad beginning caroline i'll admit that but all is not yet lost jenkins and suzanne doubtless imagine that you are merely suffering from a somewhat stubborn and persistent jag how horribly vulgar groaned caroline don't disabuse jenkins mind of the idea i implored her it's hard on you i'll admit but it's better than the truth we can't tell them that we've changed bodies for a time they'd think us crazy caroline we will be reginald growled the dismayed giant seemingly on the verge of tears if i were only dressed i wouldn't be so frightened but you are such a clumsy creature reggie i sprang to my feet i thought i heard voices in the lower hall they're coming caroline don't say much to jenkins but if you think of it my dear swear at him softly now and then it'll quiet his suspicions if he has any as i started to leave the room i turned sharply and eyed my own face searchingly imitating suzanne's voice as well as i could i said there's a note for madame this morning did i not tell madame that he would write to her bitterly did i regret my untimely sarcasm caroline white to the lips tottered where she stood reginald she cried in a deep horror-stricken voice that could have been heard throughout the house and in the street outside rushing back i helped her towards a chair it's all right caroline i said in dulcet pleading tones don't mind it my dear i'm sure that you will be able to explain the uh little matter wholly to my satisfaction then a thought flashed through my mind that was like a cold douche and i added and don't forget about jenkins my dear don't encourage him to talk and above all don't believe anything that he may say he's a most stupendous liar with that i hurried back to caroline's dressing-room just in time to seat myself before suzanne panting from haste and excitement rushed into the room jenkins madame she cried wringing her hands jenkins is a villain a rascal a scoundrel the girl appeared to have a long list of opprobrious french epithets in her vocabulary calm yourself suzanne i said coolly you have sent jenkins to monsieur alas madame he refused to obey me unless i agreed to kiss him the horrid degenerate unprincipled english beast mon dieu i could not kiss him madame curse the man's devilish impudence i exclaimed while suzanne stared at me her pretty mouth wide open in amazement you say such queer things to-day madame she murmured presently resuming her duties in a melancholy way what will madame wear for breakfast her question startled me my mind endeavoured without much success to recall caroline's morning costumes what's the matter with her um, uh, my plum-coloured uh, tea-gown i asked recklessly madame is jocose facetious remarked suzanne pretending to laugh i reflected bitterly that i could not see the joke you have such excellent taste suzanne i said proud of my cleverness talk me out in any old thing but it must be warm and snug girl i have had chills up my back until i feel like a small icicle in a cold wind suddenly an inspiration came to me suzanne you'll find a bottled cocktail in the bedroom closet never mind the cracked ice pour me out about four fingers and bring it to me at once don't stare at me like that girl quick work now and ah uh, don't let carol uh, that is mr stevens hear you go 
suzanne pale with amazement hurried away to find the stimulant that had become suddenly the one thing on earth that i really desired presently she returned carrying a half-filled cocktail glass here's how suzanne i cried joyously forgetting the caste distinctions in my delight at the opportunity of restoring my waning vitality i swallowed the smooth concoction at a gulp suzanne watching me with a puzzled smile on her disturbed countenance jenkins is with monsieur she remarked as she took the empty glass from my white slender hand apprehension clutched at my heart again does ah uh, mr stevens monsieur seem to be ah uh, quiet i asked eagerly i didn't hear his voice madame answered suzanne arranging a sky-blue morning-gown for my use but jenkins is talking 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 all the time madame damn him for a confounded cockney gas-bag i murmured despondently but fortunately suzanne was at the moment busy at the further end of the dressing-room i stood erect impatient of further delay look here girl i exclaimed will you quit this fussy nonsense and get me out of here i've got an engagement at my sweet velvety voice failed me as i realized that i was again forgetting myself or rather caroline the long-suffering suzanne was at my side instantly madame may go now she said giving a finishing touch here and there to my hair and costume i made for the bedroom eagerly but tripped over my dress recovering my equilibrium and went on suzanne said something to herself in french but the only words that came distinctly to my ears were le cocktail il est diabolique end of chapters one and two